intro, so. Man, I'm loving that new intro. It's awesome. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Good stuff. But listen, everybody, obviously, you guys know we're live. What an honor it is to have my man Isaac Woodworth back on and uh, Andreas Jarmello. I hope I didn't just murder your last name, Andreas. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> All right. I'll give you a 10 out of 10. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. But yes, gentlemen, what an honor it is to, to see here with you two again. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good, man. Had a busy day at work. Um, picked Rossi up from school, ran home real quick, and uh, yeah, logged in and changed my shirt, threw my hat on, and yeah, here we are. <laughs> what about you, Andres? How was your day? Pretty busy. It was a four in the morning type type day, and you know, we're powering through. <laughs> Dude, trust me, I feel you. I uh, yeah. So <clears throat> I actually got somebody. My my buddy Chris from the UK says hello from the UK. All right on. Hello. Yeah. Good uh, stuff. Good stuff, man. So Isaac, listen, 2023, first year, Moto America full season in Junior Cup, right? Mm -hmm. Um, tell us about how your season went. Start from the very beginning. So the very beginning, yeah, we, we had a lot coming in. It was a lot. The whole team was new to everything. So it was really a learning experience this year. So we came into it not knowing a lot about the engine building and stuff and like what the team needs to do so the first two rounds we really learned a lot with the uh with the bike wise and then like throughout the season we just learned about team wise so the season was pretty good but we, we developed a lot yeah i mean yeah, let me let me add there something chris Go so ahead. we we thought we were ready as a team and we thought we're going to provide Isaac with a, this awesome opportunity and a bike ready to go and then just really, you know, make an amazing impression in the, for, from the first race. <laughs> Turns out we didn't know a lot of things when we had to figure it out very quickly, very quickly. And um, Moto America is not a place where you, you go and show up unprepared. Mm -hmm. And... We're not, I'm not saying that we were unprepared, but we, the things that we learned, there is no club racing you can do to learn the things that you need to learn in Moto America. So that's what Isaac is referring to. Yeah. It's really a different experience from club racing in Moto America. There's nothing really yeah. like it. You just got to jump into it and learn the, uh, learn the waters. You got to jump in and swim with the sharks, right? I mean, yeah, it's a, there is a lot to learn. You know, going from club racing to uh, Moto America, there's probably a lot of added pressure on with that, right? Because now you're you're on the professional level, TV time, you know, all, all that good stuff that, that goes along with it. So what was the biggest struggle you two had um, during the season last year? So my biggest struggle was just getting up to, getting up to speed real fast and learning the track. Because all the tracks were new to me. So learning the tracks, getting up to speed was the hardest for me. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, from from Isaac's perspective, and, you know, it, it, there was a lot of pressure based on um, 
the results that he can get at a club race or a, or a, a karting event or like not karting, but uh, you know, motors or supermotos or or little bikes on, on a kart track. Um, so there was a expectation, a, a ghost expectation from him. So he was putting extra pressure on himself. And I, you know, from from the rider perspective, that's kind of pretty difficult to overcome because you have your own expectation. We didn't put any pressure because we were there to learn. Yeah. Um, but as a team, whew, the the you know the logistics of things, how to go to the rounds, that was that was uh, intense. You know. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I bet you know all that. The traveling, the booking, the the mileage, the the, the gas, the the whole nine that goes. Along. I mean, there's a whole lot that goes into it uh, as far yeah. as being a complete right but but going through the first season as a full team brought everybody in closer together right so next year um the full assault is on and now you know what to expect because you'll be better prepared yeah you know for, for this season coming up and you too isaac right because now you know the tracks um yeah. which way they go right and i yeah. know you've been practicing on the playstation <clears throat> ride five right for sure um Dude, that's awesome. Obviously, it was a, it was an honor to meet both you guys in Jersey. I, I've had Isaac on uh, before, but yeah, going around the paddock and actually meeting everybody was uh, was icing on the cake for me to to, yeah. to end the year properly, right? And and to watch you guys because I stood back and watched you guys from afar, right? I didn't I let you, when it's time to, for you guys to do your thing, yeah. but I watched how everybody worked. I watched how you did it, how Liv Abadi did it, how Rossi Moore did it, how everybody in the junior cup paddock, how they got prepared, how they, you know, when you put on your leather suit, they're in there changing tires on your bike or whatever it is that, that they was doing to prepare you for the next session going out. I, I watched everybody. Um, yeah. And it was great to see everybody grow. And I seen a lot of smiles between everybody. Yeah. That's what I love more than anything is all the laughter and the smiles, right? It wasn't, it wasn't frustrations. Um, yeah. And that also could have been because it was the end of the year, right? It was the last round. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of that weight's probably off of you, Andreas, right? Yeah, and, and Isaac, too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Besides, like, rough. yeah. But besides, like, all the racing, the the paddock at Moto America is pretty pretty nice. It's pretty cool to hang out with all the people there, too. But when it's game time, it's game time. You got to put that, put the head down and go to work. That's right. Absolutely. I mean, just a quick recap on, on what Jersey was for, for Isaac. I've never seen someone had the willpower to get up as many times having such a difficult circumstances. It rained a lot and it was kind of cold. And, you know, it was a new track, right? So he was learning, he was learning where to be, where not to be. And, you know, the incidents that happened, five of them, five times Isaac got up and went back out there. I mean, when was the last time you got knocked out five times and got up and you know kept on doing anything? Yeah, not me. I, you know, two or three, mm. and I'm done. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jersey was did. a hard weekend, but we definitely overcame and learned from it. So, yeah, I'm Jersey was probably the roughest weekend on everybody. The rain, the wind. It was, 
yeah, it was it was difficult for uh because uh obviously you guys know my man Jules, he he corner marshaled, and I remember I think it was Saturday, and I just see him walking through the pits, his head was down, his shoulders were slumped. He's like, Can we just please go back to the hotel? Like, I'm just done with the day. It's <laughs> I'm tired, I'm, I'm soaking wet. It's just yeah. And for you guys, especially you, Isaac, out there on the track and everybody, super difficult. Yeah. I mean, it was <clears throat> and parts on the track. It actually puddled up there in Jersey, right? Yeah, there's a lot of – before the repave, I haven't been there since the repave, but, uh, like, the old track was super bumpy going through some of the corners, like 3A, B, and all that, and, like, the carousel. They were so bumpy, and, like, you could see streams coming across the – coming across like it puddles up, like gets in between, like, the divots in the ground kind of. Oh, for sure, and- yeah. And there's something also like the the seam sealers, those are you know when they get oh, yeah. really slick. slick, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it seems like they use that on everything, especially all roads out here. It's like it, they're everywhere. It's yeah, it's just super slick during the rain too. It is, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, crazy. And obviously, oh, go ahead, sorry, Andrew. You can imagine. In Florida, we don't we don't have seam sealers. The, the technology doesn't exist here. That's awesome. You know, it's, it, it's like that here too, in, in a lot of spots here in, in Virginia too, as well. Uh, absolutely, it's uh yeah. So uh, this year in Jersey, Isaac, I'm, I'm gonna use that for an example. Did you guys get any rain? As hard as that, I'm trying I'm trying to think. Go back uh, th- through the series. Did it rain as much on any other tracks as it did in Jersey for you? We got uh, at Road Atlanta and Brainerd. There was two two uh, sessions where it rained, but it wasn't it wasn't a lot. And I I remember doing good in the rain at Atlanta. I was on P one and Q two, but only a few people went out. Like ten people went out, and then Minnes. I mean Brainerd. Brainerd. Yeah, Brainerd. I was P two, but the guy in front of me had uh, wrecked, and then. Everyone else behind me, it was like a good bit behind me, but Brainerd was pretty sick. It was Q1, so everyone, there's like five or eight people that went out, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and actually, so Jeff Servin, what is up? Chef Eats is in the house. I tell everybody, listen, if you want the best meals you can get uh, sent to your door or at your local track, heat it up in a microwave, three minutes and 30 seconds, let it cool for a minute, and yeah, Absolutely enjoy. Uh, Isaac, he, he's a contestant to it and actually fed me. That was the first time I actually had it. Uh, so big shout out to your dad for actually feeding me in Jersey. I guess he's seen I was hungry on my face walking through the pits. He's like, hey, man, you need something to eat? <laughs> I was like, absolutely, I do. But my man, Jeff Servin, actually says, watching your progress from FP1 to the races was always super impressive. Definitely something to hang your hat on. Absolutely, we can all uh, agree to that. And then Pat Sheridan, what is up? He says, expectation is Isaac to throw some bows. Yep, absolutely. And then Jeff, uh, Chris Lewis actually said, this season will be epic one for you, knowing what you know now. Yeah. It's always good to uh, get a full season under your belt, like we stated earlier, right? Especially the track time and the track knowledge that you had gained last season, which is imperative. Um, yeah. That's probably the most important is the track knowledge. Yeah, um, it's, hard, it's hard to show up to a track that you've never been to and you only seen videos of because, like, 
you can't trust the videos ever because you don't know how good the people were in the videos or you don't know what kind of conditions it were in the day. So it's really hard because you got to show up and learn the track and, and basically five laps before you get to Q1. So it's kind of a lot of pressure, but I feel like this year, now that I know the, the tracks, all I got to do is learn mid-Ohio, and I think we might be going to a track day before. So that would help me learn it. Yeah, just, just to put everything in perspective for the people that have not had the experience to race in Moto America, you go to a new place and Friday goes as follows. You have a free practice and then a qualifying. That's it. You Your free practice might be, what, 15 minutes maybe? Yeah, I think yeah. it's 15 minutes and then Q1's like probably like 20 minutes, I think. Yeah. So you never been to a track and you are performing at the national level in 35 minutes. You, that's it. That's all you got. And that decides how race one is going to start. So race naturally, one race one and two. Well, you got qualified too. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But naturally, you can imagine how, how much of a challenge that is for anyone. Oh, Even for sure. the, the people that have already been doing it. Yeah. The tracks change because you, we don't go there the exact same month and this, the exact same you know weather and everything else like all this all these factors matter if you go in the summer it's not the same in the spring or kind of like you know the beginning of winter if you will um so your setup could be completely different oh for sure right and and track temperature tires pressure all that plays a, a major key role and yeah, absolutely. So, man, Daryl Powell, what is going on? He says, yo, only a few hours for the green light. Let's have it, Scotty. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, World Superbikes this weekend, right? So, yes, let's go, my man, Scott Redding. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for him to get a bunch of them Ws this year, for yeah. sure, on that BMW. But, listen, we have a question. Michael Carrera is in the house. What is going on? SFL Mini GP. He says, what did you learn from last year to deal with the upcoming hard situations and how to overcome them? That's the first question. So I, I'll let you uh, answer that one, and th then we'll get to the second one. Great question, by the way. Well, so going into the weekend, I, I didn't really know how it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be like a normal race weekend. It definitely was not like that. So coming in, I didn't know what to expect. But I learned that I have to get up to speed real fast. And, like, once I got up to speed real fast, it's not only that. You got to learn, learn how the track is and everything. So I learned to, like – watch videos and analyze like i spent at like before before all the rounds last year i spent at least four or five days like out of the week studying the track watching years of videos and then like all that to lead up to now the new competition is harder and it's gonna get it's gonna keep getting harder i was just watching watching like Rossi Moore from years back, watching his race style, watching Avery's race style, and then just seeing seeing how I could use that to my advantage. Nice. Absolutely. And then he says his second part of this question is, great times and situations are easy to accept, but what will help you accept and push through the hard times? So like what we – 
we had a lot of a lot of hard times last year because we we didn't know how to set up the bike really. So going going to this year, we have a lot more. Uh, we're trying to get a lot more experience setting up the bike. So we're working with German Voska, which is he's pretty good at suspension with BPM. So he's going to help us to set up the suspension and really do the gearing and everything because the first two rounds we didn't have enough power. So now that we have power, we got to learn this is the gearing for the first two tracks and then uh, the setup for the first two tracks. Well, not even the first two tracks, all the tracks leading up to uh, Brainerd because and so after Brainerd, we put lighter springs in, and that helped me a lot. So we got to learn the lighter springs at each track now. Front and rear? Sorry, Andreas. Front and rear springs or just the front? Yeah, we were, we, they had us – well, we had ninos in at first, and we thought – because that's what I ran in my 300, and I always ran good on my 300. But going to the 400, they like at Moto America, corner speed is everything. So then we went to eight fives at Brainerd, and then Pittsburgh we went to eight O's. So now we're using eight O's front and rear. Yeah, um, just to I'll put a pin on that, and I'm going to go and, and uh, address that in a second. Yeah. Just to add on to Isaac's response to to Michael, um, I think as a team, you know, so Isaac obviously was answer from from a rider perspective, but as a team, I think um, what we've what we learn is that we're not there because we're not enjoying it. But the thing that it makes it a little bit harder is to set unrealistic expectations. And we're just newcomers, right? I think setting up uh, realistic expectations and uh, coming up with a little bit of a plan as to what are we actually going to change during this limited amount of time. And I think that, you know, the, you know, setting up the expectation is really what pushes, help us push through, um, you know, the difficult times. Uh, you know, we're there to enjoy at the end of the day, right? So. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're not having fun, what's the point, <clears throat> right? right? <clears throat> that that's what our sport is—is is fun, right? It's it's, and, and we love it. It's such a passion that. Uh, even the hard times you you accept them right it's like uh it's like the best girlfriend you ever had in your life right i mean dude you forgive her for everything she throws at you good and bad you're like i'm sorry baby and you keep coming back and you always forgive her yeah it, uh, it is it, it really is it's uh so andreas what what uh to answer uh michael's question same same question for you what did you learn from, from last year to deal with the up and coming situations yeah, um, a lot. Um, there's this uh, huge sense of community in the Moto America paddock. And a lot of it stems from actually Michael because a lot of the kids that come from the South Florida Mini GP program, um, you know, and, and the family, there is a synergy. And, you know, it's, it's not a, a strange thing to go and say, hey, what are you using for this track? And, you know, everybody has a, a different bike and everybody has a different strategy, but the information is shared, you know, a lot of the times is anyway, when it's applicable, it is. Yeah. And, and you know, just kind of having <clears throat> that backbone of growth in the, in the community was, I think, uh, something that I learned to rely on 
and instead of trying to figure out everything myself, which clearly guided us in like, the wrong direction. So I think that was, uh, that's something that I learned from last year. And to the set your, your uh, to the second part of this question is what will help you accept push through the hard times this year? Yeah, just setting the expectations the the, yeah. the right way. I mean, yeah. we we set the expectations relatively high, and it's like we're we're let back a little bit. You know, we'll get there, but we're oh, not for there. sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, showing up, having fun, all smiles, and and I'm sure you know with no pressure helps everybody, and. Going back, touching what you just said, Andres, about people in the paddock being, you know, family and, and friends. Like, of course, if you can go and ask help, right? Uh, because I'm sure you guys did. You receive. Let me, let me rephrase that. You received help from other racers or, or members in the paddock as far as like bike setup, gearing. Because coming into it your first year, you had no idea about any of that, right? It's just basically Isaac jump on the bike, come back in and tell me what you feel. And we'll basically go from there, right? And yeah. so, you know, not, not to, to uh, derail the conversation here, but Isaac's first time riding a Ninja 400 was, what was it, two uh, weeks before? A week before. The, a week before. before. Never even ridden. So the difference between an R3 and a Ninja 400 is it's a heavier bike, and yeah. it does things differently. So we, we were as green as, as you can possibly arrive to any situation yeah and so we have to you know we went and asked and, and curtis isaac's dad is amazing at you know uh, uh, finding information from reliable sources. yeah and we take this information and then we discuss hey what is it this is a recommendation from one team that runs this specific setup this is a recommendation from this different team what do we do what do we where, where do we go from? And there's a lot of a lot of learning, huge, huge learning. And yes, you know, everybody that has been or have participated in the model uh, in the um, SFL Mini GP paddock had the input, and we use it as best we could. Nice, yeah, absolutely. It's a SFL Mini man. It's 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 unlike anything else, you know. That's I haven't physically been yet. I can't wait to go. But that's all I hear is the family, the family oriented. It's family, and I love that. That's yeah. that's what it's for, right? It's it's like Andres. My mom always told me when I was a little kid, dude. It takes a village to raise a child, and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. You, you're my mom and my dad. Y'all do it pretty well, right? Um, now, as I grow older, I understood what she said. Same thing for racers, right? It takes a village to raise one racer for sure. Absolutely. And uh, Pat Sheridan, what is going on, my man? He says, Isaac, what are you doing physically to prepare for 2024? So right now, uh, every morning when I go to school, I hit the weight room at school and I work on different muscles. And then I do cardio every day, just play basketball for I play basketball for like five hours a day. So that's pretty good cardio. So that's what I'd be doing. And I'd be going to the weight room in the morning. Yeah, basketball is a lot of fun running up and down the track. I, I personally like soccer. That's my sport. So I'd be running on the soccer field, kicking a soccer ball, acting like I'm um, um, uh, Leno Messi, right, or Pele back <laughs> in the day, right? Not even close, right? Oh, I just pulled my hamstring. I just kicked the ball three times, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, you, you got to uh, pretend and have fun, man. That That's the most thing. Um, and we, we actually have another question for you. It says uh, – 
uh, from a man, Chris. He says, "What what was your journey to Moto America, Isaac?" So, like, how did I get up to Moto America? Yeah, your journey so, like, to. So, like, I started off with SFL, like in twenty seventeen. I really started. Well, I started riding. I didn't really start start taking racing seriously till like three years ago, three four years ago, but. Uh, I did SFL just here and there, but I was really playing baseball, and that's where I was focused on, like 2017, 2018, 2019. But once we got to 2020, uh, I wanted to do racing because I did the three-day camp, and I I got like I just felt how much better I felt after getting coached by someone, someone professional. I had coaches at SFL before, and they did an incredible job. But just having like like my first coach was like uh was uh daryl rawls i think his name is and then i forgot his last name is daryl though uh <clears throat> but he was he was one of my favorite coaches but when i got to the three-day camp i had like uh who did i have john hopkins i had uh i had roger hayden uh stumpy i forgot his first name but all those coaches really brought me into the sport. And then after that, I quit baseball and started taking racing seriously. I mean, and, you had some proper legends right there, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Stumpy, I think it's Eric is his first name, if I'm not mistaken, maybe. I um, might be wrong. But, yeah, he talked to my dad and told me that I should focus on racing because he, he sees I have potential. So I, fo- I started focusing on racing and then – I did, I did my first big bike season, I think, uh, at the end of two years ago, and I really did a full season last year, and then this is my first year in Moto America. Well, it's a new year, so two years ago I did my full season. Last year I did Moto America, and then this year I'm doing Moto America again. Thank you, Pat, uh, and, and Curtis too. He said Scott Stump. Sorry, I said Eric. It's Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Sorry. My mom was just texting me. I was like, mom, I'm on a podcast right now. <laughs> I'm surprised my son. Ain't... Go ahead. Sorry, Andres. She'd be like, look at me, mom. No hands. Yeah. Right. <laughs> look, I no hands. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Cause she'll come over and I tell her if I'm podcast, just open the door, give me a kiss and yeah, go about your way. So she's like, I won't do that, but she'll text me. So, Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, let's see. We have fair play, Isaac. You have a fantastic future. Listen, Isaac did what a journey three years, and then all of a sudden racing in the Moto America paddock, mm-hmm. right? In yeah. the 400 class, and you was racing with uh, listen, all you guys are the future of the sport, right? Isaac, you're the future of the sport. Um, and, and you were racing with uh, all the other futures of the sport in the junior cup yeah. class, right? Um, some moved to Twins Cup, but uh, I think this year uh, you're going to be on it 110%, and I can't wait to see you stand on the top step yeah. and get them W's in, right? I know your dad will be very proud of you, and I already know he is very proud of you, and same thing with Andreas. So let me ask you this. How did you two meet? I met him at an SFL event. That's right. At the Heron Compound. Was it Heron or Bushnell? I, I think know. it was Bushnell. Bushnell. Bushnell? Yeah. Because yeah. like he was riding, he was riding his uh, Super Mini, his 190, 
and mm-hmm. he, was, he was asking us for some help on some things and we started talking and that's how i got to meet, meet him yeah that's <laughs> great. nice so so who's faster you andreas or isaac I mean, there's no comparison. So in, in the same bike, in the same bike, okay, yeah. same day, same same tires, maybe different uh, tire life. I think uh, Isaac. Uh, so my best time at Jennings and the endurance race was uh, 28, and I think Isaac's best lap was at 22. I think so, a 22 yeah. or maybe a 21. Yeah, that oh. is six seconds. Six, yeah, that's minimum. So it's not <laughs> there. There's no question who is faster here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. And you know, ride, ride, man. That's one thing I want to do is I want to come down there and ride with all them guys. And, yeah. and Isaac, listen, and I'm not fast. I'm, I'm like, dude, Andreas is faster than me. I just, I just want to have a good time and learn as, as much as I can soak it all in and. Yeah, I, I won't be like Jules though. I, I won't break four clutch levers in, in, in the same day. So, you know, so what if you do? It's fine. No, Just, it is. You it know, is. it's you gotta have the, your down the risk is up. so low. The risk is so low, and what you learn from it is so much. The four livers is not a, a big toll to, to pay to me. No. Yeah. No, it's not. I was just picking a little fun at Jules. That's all. Because <laughs> he actually come down there and and, and uh, met, met all you guys. He actually left his helmet at uh, Michael Carrera's house, which he still got. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Curtis says, uh, we spent every weekend at a racetrack this year, too. I mean, that's – listen, that's a lot. You know, going to work full-time, taking your kid to the racetrack – basically full-time week in week out every year man that is a that's full dedication 110 percent i mean people don't realize how much uh effort and dedication you put in it because i'm sure curtis is thinking about you racing 80 percent of the day maybe more right Mm -hmm. um especially when the weekends come out how can you progress blah 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 all this stuff right that's a big effort i mean that's a huge effort and it costs money Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and resources aside, you know, because that's a different conversation. Resources aside, you know, Isaac has also been training not just road racing, which is one discipline, He's been training flat track, moto. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of track. <laughs> you like flat track? Sorry, yeah. Andres, go, go ahead. Cool. No, go, go ahead. All right. Yeah, flat track is pretty sick. I, I really like it was hard at first because I'm not used to like the front end tucking and all of that. Like maybe a little bit like from circle drills, I can I can control it a little bit here and there. But starting flat track, I can control like controlling the bike out of the corners, going in the going in the corners with the bars completely sideways. Like I think it's one of the best trainings. Really, I like it a lot. I, I love I'm a huge fan of flat track. I mean, when I watch them guys properly, Brad Baker and all them, I mean, it's just full tug. It's it's amazing to see them guys do that, right? And I'm sure you pick up a lot of feel doing flat track, losing the fronts. Now you're more comfortable losing the front. So you might be the next Mark Marquez, right? You might be, yeah, you, you never know. Absolutely you never know. Um, Chris uh Chris says uh see best of luck to you this year kid we are all rooting for you isaac is going to send it this year 
Yeah, Isaac sends it. As Andreas already said, yeah, he sends it five times and gets up, still keeps sending it, right? That's uh, But that says a lot of, of, about your character too, Isaac, and your determination, right? Yeah. And your love and passion for this sport. You just want to win. That's it. I just want to win. Yep. It's like that old uh, Andreas. You, you remember the Honda commercial uh, the, the, when, when they actually had – motorcycle commercials on tv and they're like who wants to ride and all the kids are like i just want to ride me i just want to ride right yeah absolutely honda one right yeah yeah yeah, it was a honda commercial yeah 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 that's still me to this day right i I just want to ride right i I just i have a little crf 100 that i mess around on pretend like um yeah anthony gobert and valentina rossi at least in my mind i'm but it's nowhere near Close, yeah. right? It's like playing basketball with your tongue out. You're still not Michael Jordan, but it looks cool, right? I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Curtis says most nerve wracking racing I've witnessed as a parent. Oh, I, dude, listen, I listen. Being a dad, it's it's. Do you have kids, Andre? I do not. Okay, so uh, for me personally, once I had my son, there's a certain flip switch that flipped. So shit that used to not worry me. Now it worries me, right? Like, I'd be fine going out there to do it, but watching my kid do it, I absolutely get where you're coming from. It would be – I would have no nails left. Uh, yeah, it would be uh, – yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I've shared some some of those moments where I'm like, oh, you're too close to whoever or whatever. You're too close to a wall or you're too close to this other rider. Or, yeah, of course. I mean, you get pretty nervous. I, I can understand where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So listen, question for both of you two. Uh, as a rider, Isaac, how do you mentally prepare for every race? Well, mentally prepared, my mindset just going into the like say it's a race weekend, my mindset going into the weekend is I just want to I just want to win. I want to have fun, but it, like Moto America, you gotta go there to win because that's a national stage. You can't just go there to have fun. You gotta have fun. But if you're going to Moto America, you gotta go to win. So, I like going into the weekend. I'm just, I'm just hoping for my best result, which is winning, and that's just what I'm thinking about the whole time and how I'm gonna do it. I love it. Just winning. All we do is win, win, win. Let's go. I love it. Andreas, what's your approach? How do you mentally prepare as a team member? And and on top of that, what is your role within the team? Hmm. Okay, so as far as the first question, uh, mental preparation. Okay, so when if I am doing my own racing, which I, I do every now and again, um, it's kind of a spur of the moment. If, if if I can swing it, then I'll be at the racetrack. So there's not a lot of preparation, but I don't do as many events either. Um, as far as uh, in the team environment, um, there's a lot more work involved and a lot more planning that takes place. So we have a little bit of a structure in the team. Um, we, uh, you know, so we, we know when the calendar is and we know when, when we have to go to a place. So we plan and talk and come up with the ideas of what it is that we need. And so it's kind of like a mental routine of a structure where we're going over the things that we are going to need we're going to use, we're going to spend, we're going to, you know, all this if 
scenarios also. So that's our preparation. Mental preparation is just, you know, have a structure that allows to plan for these scenarios. And when, you know, the race weekend approaches, um, or, it, you know, we are at the race weekend, we are not, uh, at least myself, I'm not uh, as anxious to say like, oh, did I think of this? Or where is this other thing that I, did I bring this thing? Um, yeah. A lot of small things that, that can happen, like parking passes. <laughs> Whoever thinks of that stuff, well, you yeah. kind of have to write it down somewhere. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, so me, I got, I got two notebooks right here full of all kinds of podcast stuff, right? And then I, my calendar on my phone, it's like, dude, if I don't write stuff down, or at least in my calendar or somewhere on my notes and on my phone, it's, yeah, good luck for me remembering. It's just so much going on from day-to-day life, you know? And, and, and being, I helped Chris Lilligard, what was it, 2018, I think it was, in the Twins Cup class for three rounds, um, went to Wisconsin, VIR, and um, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, but it was different uh, working in a team, right, versus being a spectator. Uh, it was it's not like people imagine. I mean, it's nonstop. It's it's 7 a.m. in the morning till six o'clock at night. I mean, you're nonstop doing something, cleaning the bike, chain, tires, taking them to get changed, putting the stickers on the side of the tire, make sure they match on the sheet, you know, just everything, you know, and then going to hot pit, cold pit, tire warmers, generators, extension cords, the buggy, the the it's yeah. it, there's so much to it. It's uh it's it's you just don't really understand it, I guess, until you're in that in, environment. Um, yeah. but it was so much fun to me. It wouldn't work, yeah. right? I just smiled every day, all day. I was like, dude, this is absolutely amazing. Yes, yeah. yeah. And same thing, you know, we reached out and because because we had some issues with with the bike and yeah, everybody in the paddock. Uh, well, a, a lot of them were like, yeah, absolutely, they'd come over and help us and you know give us advice and, and all that good stuff, which is good. It's good mm-hmm. stuff, man. Good stuff. So, Isaac, uh, how do you, when you approach every race weekend, I understand you want to win, right? Um, but you're not always going to win every race, right? Cool. Um, so, the expectations going in this year versus last year, Andres already touched on it some, right? So, so they're more of, of a realistic goals going yeah. into to 2024. So, with, with that being said, do you guys still have the same? Is it the same team this year, or, or did anything change within the team? Yeah, so that's a that's a good. So last year we have a, a we we came up with this uh, uh, team name uh, that was um, aiming to represent um, not just Isaac. It, it's as you can see, it's not Isaac Woodworth worth racing. It's Orlando Road Racing Academy. And the reason for it was, hey, let's open something up so that if somebody, you know, other people in the SFL Mini wanted to come and join, they're not going to be racing under Isaac Woodward Racing because, you know, they have a different name. There's kind of like a different approach to it. And I think this opened up a, a few uh, opportunities where we can, um, you know, separate yourself from the race team and have a little bit of a structure that is more cohesive to invite people to to help you with the racing. So last year was a huge, huge uh, uh, support and influence from 
with Sean Powell. I mean, he's basically the reason why we were able to go racing a Ninja 400. Yeah. Last year. Okay. And the things that we all learn with the Ninja 400 package, it's incredible. And it's mind blowing because the Ninja 400 is not a new bike. Yeah. Know? And you're still learning things about it. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This year, we have the continuation of the of uh, Sean's support. So he has a shop. It's called ASR. Uh, and he builds Ninja 400 uh, uh, engines, and he's very good at it. I mean, he's got the skill. He's uh, uh, in Wisconsin, and you know we're we're getting his support. But now we are have a partner up with VPN, uh, so uh, BikePass.net, which is um, a uh, already established. Um, team and and um uh how should i say this um, presence in in the in the paddock um in the track day organization and the local race events in south florida uh so german vaca is is uh, uh the, the person who is uh, spearing a lot of these um, efforts um and and you know so we have merged with uh, BPN to be able to bring Isaac this next level opportunity. Um, last year, we, we saw uh, places where we definitely needed the help. Mm -hmm. And um, we're, we're excited that uh, we have officially, uh, you know, come, come in to a, an agreement all together to make this yeah. year a lot easier. Yeah. A lot easier. Dude, congratulations absolutely congratulations yeah that's that's big news man it's that's uh because again everybody well uh our sport's super expensive even the junior cup class i mean it's it's uh yeah i don't know the cost because i don't do it but i assume it's three grand a weekend easy probably more and three grand would be probably at your home track or closest to you maybe right so it's it's uh that's just a tire bill Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, right? That's just the tire belt. That don't include the travel. The f well, what chef eats, right? But yeah, yeah. But at least you guys eat really good, right? Every day, chef oh, yeah. eats good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And Isaac, I, I was funny because I talked to Isaac the other day. He's like, "Yeah, man, I, I I was supposed to get my. Did you ever get your chef eats package in the mail? By the way. Oh, it just it shipped yesterday, so it should be oh, okay. here in a few days. All right. All right. I also just yeah. ordered for the first time, first time customer. Yeah. Yes, Dude, congratulations! Big, big package. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, man. I got, uh, I got all. He sent me all kinds of stuff. It was, it was absolutely an honor for him to do that, and I can't thank him enough. I actually need to to order some more myself because it was perfect for lunch. Like it's, yeah. it's you just throw it in the microwave. You ain't got to think about it. It's healthy. You ain't, you know, it's it's uh really good stuff, man. So, what's your favorite training, Isaac? uh for, for the race like do you would you rather do supermoto or flat track or a mix of both i would rather for training i would rather ride the 400 on the car track like i spent all winter training with alessandro on the 400s on the car track and i feel like that like riding with him made me more aggressive and more like 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 expecting the aggression back not just doing the aggression and not worrying about it. Being aggressive with him, he he's aggressive back. So the 400 really helped me, like, it helped me a lot because it helped me 
learn how to flick it faster, turn it real fast, uh, get the bike stand up and get on the gas faster. And that's what I like the most on the car track. I think, I think to add to Isaac, the thing is not, you know, aggression is the way he sees it. But the way I see it from, the, you know, being outside the track, it's a comfort level. Someone that he can just know that if he puts the wheel in the inside, they both are going to make it safe through the corner and that he can expect the same. And they both are going to make it. I think that's pretty important. You know, not everybody has the same tolerance uh, uh, of comfort when people are getting really, really yeah. close. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like it's a, uh, I don't want to describe it, your safety window. Right. right. When your safety window closes up, the more uncomfortable naturally you are. But the more you practice it, right? Yeah. Now your safety window used to be this. Now your safety window is this. So now this is a little bit more comfortable. And then you find that and you keep narrowing it down. And then next thing you know, you're the next, uh, you're sliding your head and your shoulders like they do in MotoGP, which is crazy, <laughs> by the way. Right. It's just absolutely nuts, dude. Uh, yeah. But that, that's where all that comes from it, it, is that safety. Right. It, it's like uh, and touching back uh, at at what you said, Andres, at the beginning. Right. Showing up uh, Friday one practice and then you basically says to great and you go out there wide open. It's almost like TT style. TT riders do the same thing. They show up to the track and as soon as they go through that sh hands come off the shoulder, it's they're not mucking out from from the first time. It's yeah. 190 miles an hour from dead stop like that. And boom, it's it. So it, it's it's yeah. uh it's a lot to take in and a lot for your brain to process at one time and be able to juggle that and progress as you have is just, yeah, dude, bravo hats off, dude. Absolutely. Proper mega. So with that, do, do you have any like rituals you do? Like, do you, are you like a uh, left boot on first, right glove on anything like that? Lucky no, underwear. Not really. I used to have like these lucky socks that had a picture of me on them. <laughs> But <laughs> I love it. I have I still have one of them. I don't know where the other one went. But uh, if I if I could find it, I'll still wear them. But I can't find the other one. But I used to go to. He said I got socks with my picture with my face on it. Uh, well, I, I mean, I said you do have a, a a ritual. Maybe you don't realize it. Uh, you know. You know, by the time they're, you know, you're getting ready, you have your, your um, plugs, you put the helmet and you just sit down every time. You're not sticking around and waiting to get on the bike standing up, which yeah. I do. You know, before the race, I, you cannot yeah. sit me. I would never sit down, even if I have the full suit on. Yeah, I try to calm down before the race. Yeah. Like, uh, we were just at the Anderson Kart Track. And my heart was pumping before the race. I don't even know why. I haven't, <laughs> had, I haven't had them pre-race nerves in a little bit. I was pumping. I had to calm down. So obviously, like Andre said, you do have a ritual, right? And it's it's you don't see that in a lot of riders. You're right. You see a lot of riders always mucking about, moving around, whatever it is that they're stretching or whatever, right? But to to sit down and and just be at peace is. Uh, that's a strong mental game because mentally riding 
that's 90% of riding, at least 80, right? Is all right here anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, good stuff. It's, it's Yeah. Dude, I I couldn't imagine the nerves. I mean, I've done track days. I raced for a little while back in 99 when I went to Motorcycle Mechanics Institute in Phoenix, right? But it was just dumb track days with my friends. Not I competed in two 30-minute endurance races in CCS. That was about as far as my career went, right? Uh, but, uh, man, that was nerve-wracking for me, though, right? Because, uh, like, it's different doing a track day with all three of us going out there talking shit and just, you know, blah, 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 versus lining up with the grid. And you're like, uh Oh, it's, it's just, uh, yeah. it's, it's different stress that you don't normally feel because you're not in that situation. Right. Yeah. And just, just to give you a, a insight in, into things, you can wear yourself out by being excited. Very much yeah. so. And if you don't control your emotions, you're not going to have the same explosivity yeah. towards the mid or end of the race. No, I agree with that 110%. Uh, Chris Lewis has a question for you, Isaac. He says, fellow riders that are your friends in the paddock, how do you adapt to them being your competitors and rivals when it comes to the race? Is that tough or is that is that just what comes with being a racer? Like off the track, it's all, it's all love to everybody and everything, but – like on the track, I'm I'm there to be the best I can be. So once I put my visor down on the grid, it's time to go. Like I don't know any of them no more. So it's just time to race and do me. I love it. That's it. I'm here to win. Right afterwards, yeah, we can eat a slice of pizza, but nah, not right now. I'm getting yeah. that W. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. This is good stuff, man. Uh, Chris says, actually, Isaac always sends it. <laughs> and then Pat <laughs> Pat Sheridan says he has zero issues with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, uh, I Man, it was so busy. Like, I, I watched Isaac for two sessions. Um, what I mean by two sessions, not really out there on the track, because I didn't really watch the races a whole lot or practice. I was too busy talking and meeting all my friends, you know, that I've, I've had on the paddock or just introducing my dad to everybody, you know, just, just having a good time. But the two sessions that I watched Isaac, I watched him in the pits and how him and his team and his dad and all them prepared. Right. And it was, uh, like I said earlier, it was, uh, it was eye opening. It really is watching everybody's different styles and features and what they do down to the people putting the tire warmers on to the rider, uh, what they do, whether they sit down or they got earbuds in, or just jamming out or whatever it is, right? To to get prepared, it's uh good stuff, Isaac. Dude, twenty twenty four is gonna be proper. Um, I can't wait to see you. Uh, like I said earlier, get those W's. And uh, so, as far as your guys' personal team, is it the same team members? Is it Curtis and Andreas and Isaac, or do you got new team members involved this year too as well? So we always had a little, one more, Sean, Sean Powell, right? So that was, yes, uh, last year's. Um, this year we're going to have um, um, German, German Vaca with a BPN. And then we have Brent, um, you know, he's a huge supporter of Isaac's um, uh, um, Endeavor to Moto America. And he's also very knowledgeable. He also writes, what does he write, Isaac, at R3? He writes... Uh... He has an R3 and he has a uh, Ninja 400 also. Yeah, so he likes the, the, the kind of bikes that will 
Isaac is raising. This, believe it or not, there's a lot to be learned from this. So anyway, in addition of last year's team, we have this year's team, which is going to include two more people. Very key. We also have um, other people that come and help us. <laughs> Mike Lemons is, is, you know, I don't know if you've met him or not. Probably not. Yeah, um, I, I don't so. think he was. Yeah, but he, man, I, I tell you, he, he was really helpful uh, to us, bringing help, helping me bring stuff to it to the uh, uh, hot pit. Whew. I mean, that's a hike. When you're yeah. carrying a generator and tires and everything else, it's it's hard. Oh, believe me, I know. Yeah, I was like, yeah, by the end of the weekend, I was like, holy shit. Like, I, I feel like I got beat up by a Mack truck and then mm -hmm. thrown in a bull ring and got plowed by them for a while. And the next day I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me right now, right? Yeah, that's when I was like, dude, I need to stretch a lot more. I need to be myself. I need to prepare myself instead of, yeah, because you, you don't think about how much physical work it is as i stated earlier you know taking all that stuff and then dude getting it set up you know it, it bringing the chair for the rider and, and putting the wheel on the bike over there front rear stand tire warmers on generator fire it up plug it in well you know obviously i know the routine it's 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 a lot that goes with it bringing toolboxes you know in case you need to change a tire on the real quick you know instead of uh, well in moto america you guys only have reins in one one tire one tire spec um, on, on junior cab, you have one designated tire, slick tire, and then one designated set of, of um, so you don't really play the game of, oh, you know, we're going to try two different tires because they're going to be the same. So you don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it, it, dude, it's, I love it though. It, it's nothing's greater than, satisfaction then you know once you're over there on the hot pit and, and the light goes out and you're standing so close and you feel the energy and it's just uh there's nothing like it there's no greater place in the world right absolutely not i'd rather spend every day there than anywhere else i hope my wife ain't listening but no i'm just playing <laughs> <laughs> and you know the, the starts are pretty entertaining to for everyone obviously you know but um this particular last last year isaac had very very impressive uh starts every time oh yeah i'm like the start master <laughs> that's it that's good man so uh yes. what's your goals in five years isaac as far as racing goes where do you see yourself i really want to for five years i want to i want to win the championship next year or well, this year technically and after that i want to try to audition for the uh red bull rookie cup and if that doesn't work hopefully super sport and then just work off of super sport and then just see where we go or do the rebels rookie cup and try to get to the moto three or moto two paddock yeah that's uh that we need more americans over there right now that we have track house over there in, in moto gp we'll we'll see um but we do we definitely need a presence of americans over there in Europe, hundred whether it's MotoGP, BSB, uh, World Superbike, we need more Americans over there. Yeah, we got Gerloff, right? And yes, we got Joe Roberts, but we need more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Isaac, have you ever thought about life after racing, like as far as career wise? Well, yeah, I want to. 
I want to like really stay within racing because like coaching racing, I really like doing that. And I feel like that's a good source to do after racing because you can still have a source of income after racing and then you can still be a, a part of racing. So if life after racing, I would probably say coaching or running my own race team, something like that. So I can still be within the race paddock. Yeah. Owning you know, your own, go, sorry, Andres, go ahead. Nowadays, anything can be become a successful business, you know? So, you know, the mentality of like, oh, you have to choose a path in the B backup plan. Not so much anymore because you can do you know, everything with social media, advertisement, marketing, all the stuff, still yeah. relevant skill you have to pick up but then eventually you merge it into your racing so you know i think that for a lot of the young kids that are coming up maybe a plan b might not be ever even a, a thought yeah yeah, I never really thought about it. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just a question I like to ask, right? I mean, do you have, like, what do you think in the future, right? Because, yeah, of course, me and Andres was growing up. He used to snow 10 feet and we still walked. No, nah, okay. But, yeah, so back when we were growing up, right, that's what we heard, though. Am I right, Andres? They said, hey, you, yeah, need, yeah. To, you need to decide. Are you going to be a lawyer? Are you going to be a doctor? Are you going to be a dentist? And all that stress. I was like, ah, leave me alone. I just want to ride. That's all I want to do, right? I, I didn't mm -hmm. think about it. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I just I, I like to ask that, that that question because there there are some people that absolutely upcoming races that have a debt deficit. They're like, oh, I'm gonna be a dentist. Oh, I'm gonna be a lawyer. I'm gonna, I got this to fall back on, right? Which it's good. It's absolutely a, a good um, because you're thinking ahead, right? Because um, mm -hmm. not everybody's a Valentino Rossi, right? Where you yeah. can retire and be a professional race car driver and yeah, not have to pay nothing. I'm sure he don't pay for anything, shoes, clothes, nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, for the majority of us, uh, humans, um, yeah, I, I, I like to, uh, ask that question, but yeah, listen, this has been a, a lot of fun. We're an hour into this man. So I actually, uh, want to talk about some, uh, personal questions with Isaac, uh, and get away from the racing for, for a few. So, Isaac, um, what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? I don't know. Like, I don't really watch that much movies, but Top Gun, The Maverick was the one of the good ones I've seen recently. Well, not recently. I've seen it a year ago, I think. I also just watched the uh, the Bob Marley movie. It was pretty good. Oh, was that on Netflix? No, I, I went to the movie theater and saw it. Okay. I didn't know there was a Bob Marley movie out. Huh, I'm gonna have to do that, but dude, that's awesome. Top Gun. So, my dad, Andreas, I grew up in the Navy. My dad was a fighter pilot, and that's what he did, is what Tom Cruise did in Top Gun. And I remember, mm -hmm. I remember all that, and I remember him taking to movie theater. And yes, growing up, of course, I wanted to be like my dad. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fly fighter jets, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that. And then, um, yeah, he took me riding for the first time, and all that shit went out right out the window i was like forget the jets yeah they're cool and all but dude this is where it's at right here right it is, it's funny andre because uh you know growing up riding and and, and you know he used to uh, track days and he'd come out there and all that good stuff he's like one day he, he just out of nowhere he says you think that thing's fast right there i was like man that thing's a weapon he's like absolutely not he's like imagine being 50 feet above the ground doing 800 miles an hour dropping a couple bombs and just cutting it straight up in the air he's like that's fucking hauling ass and i was like 
Yeah, absolutely. That's hauling ass. This thing is slow. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, but yeah, they're good, man. Top Gun. And you know, when they come out with that movie, I, I was praying that they wouldn't mess it up. And thank God they didn't mess it up. Right. Cause you know, when sequels come out, they totally botch it. You're like, yeah. Yeah. You just waste a lot of money on that. So uh, I'm a big Andre. I'm, I'm a big book reader, right? Well, I'm a big audio book listener too, right? I don't read books because if I do, I end up going night night, right? So, um, Isaac, do you listen to any audio books or? Uh, I read at school. Well, you got to read at school, man. Come on, man. It's not. <laughs> but I don't. I really like most things. I read are like motorcycle articles, or like the new like. Something new about MotoGP, something MotoGP posted. I read like those, but I'm not a big book reader. I, uh, um, uh, Leathered by John Hopkins is a wonderful, to me, it's, it's, I've listened to pretty much any motorcycle audiobook they have out there from, uh, the Dunlops, Ian Hutchison. I mean, dude, I can go, Michael Rudder, I can go on and on and on the list, but to me, John Hopkins was the best not taking anything away from anybody else's story or their glory that goes along with it. Right. But what John did and did different than anybody else, Andre and Isaac is how honest he was right. Talking about his alcoholism, his pill addiction, smoking weed and then going riding a moto GP bike. You, you don't hear nobody else telling the, the real side of, of what they went through mentally and how they dealt with it at the time. And then what they did to overcome it. Right. To me, that was absolutely one of the best motorcycle autobiography out yeah. there on the planet. Highly recommended. So if you two get the chance, man, you get the time, you're driving, going to the races this year from Florida to Atlanta where I'm going to see you guys, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> throw it in on – yeah, and, and listen to it, man. It's it's uh, absolutely worth it. Um, dude, so Andre, during my interviews, I like to I, – I talk about the motorcycles and all that, but I like to get away and talk about personal stuff, right? I think I think it's important, and it's actually one of my favorite parts of the interview because uh, the people that are listening actually get to know you on a personal level, not just your racer and the mental side of it, you know, the whole race stuff that, that goes along with it. Um, so, yeah, th this is my favorite part of the interview, man. So, listen, Star Wars. Isaac, do you like Star Wars? I mean – I, my uh, my aunt is a big Star Wars fan, but I don't I don't really watch it that that often. Oh man, I'm, well Andreas, I know I ain't got I, Star Wars right. That was our era growing up, you know. You see that you're like, dude, awesome. Believe it or not, in I mean yes, like sci-fi topic here. I never had the discipline to watch an entire uh, one of which, like you know. Star Wars to me was too long, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm bored." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's got definitely like you know, a pop cultural references that you cannot miss if you grew up in our era. Just, yeah, you can can miss it. No, you cannot. So uh, along with that, are you Marvel or DC, Isaac? Sure, I don't know. <laughs> you so Spider Man, Superman, Batman, any of that? You don't you don't watch any of those? Superman. Superman, dude, that's absolutely my favorite, right? <laughs> I, I was super. You, you can't hurt tonight. That's it. There's no way you can kill Superman. If you ain't got that, you you're done. I mean, yeah. why even show up, right? Yeah, it's a it's a. So, what's your favorite cheat meal, Isaac? So you go the weekend, Andreas, man. You guys are just, dude. 
magical weekend. I'm very proud of you. Listen, cheat meal, not chef eats. We're doing a cheat meal tonight. What is your go-to favorite cheat meal? If it's like, if it's not no, like, if it's not something on like the side of the road, like we can go stop and eat, go sit down and eat. I really like going to Miller's L House and getting a Zinger Mountain Milk. That's what I like a lot. Or if it's like just fast food, probably stop at Burger King on the way home, get a nice burger. <laughs> the king, this the king for a reason. A nice Whopper, right, Charboard? Yeah, Whoppers are good. I ain't gonna lie. Man, it's been a long, you know, I, I, uh, dude, I used to weigh like 260 pounds, size 40 waist. I'm down to a 34 and I cut all that shit out. Even my cheat meal, like I'll, is is like Chick-fil-A, right? That's like my cheat. And even then I feel bad eating that. I'm like, why'd I just eat that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why'd I just eat that? Right. Yeah. That, I need to stick to my chef eats, right? For real. It's, uh, unless I cook. So I, I, I'm a big cook. So I love yeah. to cook. I get that from my mom, right? So I like to make homemade marinara and fettuccine Alfredo and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, man. So listen, celebrity crush, Isaac. What is your celebrity crush? I don't know. <laughs> I don't really you like got to have a celebrity crush, man. Everybody got – Andre got a celebrity crush. I got a celebrity crush. My wife's got a celebrity crush. Your daddy's got a celebrity crush. Everybody's got a celebrity crush. I don't, I don't really know. Not really. Okay. Andres, how about you? Celebrity crush. I think Angelina Jolie was like when I was a kid anyway, when I was about your age, I'm like, wow, this this woman is everything. Of course she was in a national film, so it's like, you know, you're over overly hyped about it. But. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Lou says, Come on, Isaac. And then Pat Sheridan says Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Swifty. Uh, yeah, me neither. Right? There, there are a lot of Swifties though, but yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not. Um, so, uh, are you into? Obviously, you said baseball, right? Do, do you still watch baseball on the side or football or anything? Well, I take it back. Uh, American handball, real football, soccer, right? That's my sport. <laughs> outside of two wheels. So, yeah. do, do do you watch any of that or? I mean, I watch like I don't really watch football, but I watch like. There's this YouTuber that I watch and he does football content, which I really enjoy. He like goes to games and just watches them and like commentates on them. So I watch that and I also watch a little bit of basketball, but not not at a lot. I mainly watch racing. That's yeah, what that, I do. Me too. Off season um um uh watched the previous race season, whether it's MotoGP, World Superbike, uh all that. My favorite race of the year, hands down, is the Isle of Man TT absolutely the most beautiful thing i think my personal opinion on two wheels on the planet i mean public roads 37 and a half miles uh four laps dude 136 miles an hour average lap that's it's yeah. mental right uh that is my absolute favorite race of the year for sure is, is the tt but i go back and watch all that like now they got um between the hedges out have you guys seen that I've seen that. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's they, they have season two out now. I, that, that gets me super high. I, I I have a hard time watching it at night because I, I just get so excited. My adrenaline starts pumping. It's hard for me to go to sleep. So I gotta I gotta cut my racing off at a certain time during the week. On the weekend, it's three o'clock in the morning, and I usually don't stay up three o'clock in the morning. I'm like this on the TV. 
let's go. You know, my wife and them are in there asleep. And I'm like, shit, I'm too loud. Dogs start barking. Yeah. Get in trouble. Keep it down. I can't help it, man. I'm, I'm such a fan of the sport, man. I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, PlayStation or Xbox, Isaac? I'm an Xbox user. Boot. No, I'm just playing. I, I, I got a PlayStation. It's all the same. The cool thing is most everything's cross-platform now. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, it really don't matter. So, uh, who was your favorite racer growing up? Did you have any posters on your wall of anybody in particular? Or? My favorite racer was Jorge Lorenzo. Nice. That's who my favorite racer was. So I couldn't stand Jorge Lorenzo because um, <laughs> I was a huge Rossi fan, right? Uh, I named my son Hayden Rossi. You know that uh, after Nikki Hayden and Valentino. But uh, I got respect for Jorge um, once I read his book, right? Then he tells you the insight, right? So once you – you it, it's – you always heard this. Don't judge a book by its cover, right? But in our sport of passion, you know, you, you cling to a favorite writer and whoever it is, it's it's – if they have beef with somebody else, you're like, yeah, man, forget you, boo, for Lorenzo fans, boo, you know, all that good stuff. But uh, I find myself now since, um, you know, Rossi retired and, and Hayden's not here, uh, I'm a fan of everybody. Like, there's I, – I can't really say, like, I used to dislike Mark Marquez a lot, right? Who didn't? I mean, all that – dude, whatever, right? That's beside the point. <laughs> But now I respect him a lot more, especially uh, these past couple of years, seeing everything he's went through, all the love and passion he has for the sport, regardless of whatever happened between him and Rossi back in the past. That's then, right? Um, but I respect him, right? So, yes, I do like him. And plus, I'm a big Spartan. Like, I love Greek mythology and, like, Egyptian mythology, right? Big into Spartans. And when Lorenzo come out with that Spartan thing, that was my first little, like, Andreas, I was like, okay. I can't tell my friends, but I can tell myself I'm a little fan now because that sport is <laughs> sweet, dude. I love it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's good stuff. So if you could, Isaac, if you could have dinner with any five people in the world, racers, famous people, or anybody who 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 would you invite to your dinner? I got five people. Five people. I'll probably I'll pick Jorge Lorenzo and then Mar Marquez. For those two, talk about talk about racing and all that. Probably, probably Cameron Bobier, because I want to talk about him, how his experience was, and the difference in American and and road racing and Europe and all that. So those are the three racers. Like I would want to talk to someone that would like benefit me like someone that would like teach me stuff not someone just to go talk to so i don't know the last two but so someone inspirational that could lead me on the right path i mean you got andreas right he's leading down the right path right so yeah andreas at the dinner table right yeah, yeah. our lit logan c logan cunningson yeah yeah, I know. I, I I just seen them in there. It's awesome. So, uh, do, do you watch the, the the TT Andreas and and Isaac every year? Yeah, I watch a little bit of clips of it, but I never really watch the full thing. I like to watch the onboards and um, 
every now and again, every time the TT comes around, I try to watch and understand what Guy Martin is saying. He <laughs> Nobody so does like Guy Martin, yeah. Yeah, I, but I try. I think it's uh, in uh, the Dunlops also what they, they have to say. You know, because these people know a lot. And they oh, yes. and when you're in, in the sport, you pick up things from just viewing and hearing people talk. You just pick it up. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so I, sure. I do, but not, not the actual event. Oh, well, this guy right here, diehard, bona fide, two weeks, what I'm at work, practices on, though, <laughs> everything, headphones in. Yeah, I'm walking through the plant, hooping and hollering, shouting. It's, uh, yeah. dude, I'm just, I mean, obviously, look at my room, right? I mean, it's, dude, I got, Ooh. there's everything in this thing is even my personal clothes. I've owned very, very few personal clothes that is not motorcycle related. Yeah. Seriously. My wife, she's like, I need you to dress up nice tonight. I'm like, okay. So I, I got this and that on. She's like, not motorcycle related. So it takes me 40 minutes to dig through all my motorcycle clothes to get to my non motorcycle clothes because I don't ever wear it. So it's way back there in the back. Somewhere, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I'm a, uh, Nerd, dude, I'm like that with Moto America. I'm like that with Moto GP. Uh, BSB is absolutely hands down one of uh, I, BSB to me is my favorite road race series in the world. Um, and the reason why I say that, and I say it all the time, it's it's not because of the tracks, it's not because the riders are more talented to the Americans, or it has nothing to do with that. It all simply comes down to one simple thing: they're super bikes. They don't hardly have any electronics on it, so it's back to old proper school where. The rider is in control, right? Uh, uh, of the 240 horsepower super. Did y'all just see that? Look, look, look at that, yeah. <laughs> dude. That was cool, man. Yeah, yeah. look. It, 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 I, I do like this all the time, too. Watch them bring up some hearts. Boom. Look at all the love. I'm spreading it around. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it goes back to the, the old school the, where the rider really makes it. Different. I'm not saying it don't in Moto America or anywhere like that, right? But it's it's more of, of what the riders really actually feeling right because you hear the stories andreas and isaac i am too uh stoner and everybody moto gp listen cut all the electronics off the bike let me just ride the bike and feel it and then we yeah. can start adding a little bit more electronics to it right but now it's like dude you see a moto gp bike it's like you got an xbox controller or a playstation controller a nintendo switch controller uh you got a genesis controller here you got this lever that lever this lever that lever and it's like I don't even know what to do with this thing, right? Yeah, do you, I, got, you got ten buttons on your left hand, five buttons bro, on your right hand. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's uh getting really complex for sure. Uh, Lit Logan says, "What is your favorite bike, Isaac?" Favorite bike? I mean, I really like the six hundred. I rode the six hundred a few times. Uh, far my favorite, but a bike that I have that's my favorite is probably my four hundred or four fifty. Supermoto, yeah, the supermoto is pretty sick. I like it a lot. So, let me ask you this, Isaac. Uh, you can race for any team in the world in any series MotoGP, World Superbike, Moto America, whatever it is, right? What bike would you ride for? Ride what bike would you want? What team would you be on? And who would be your teammate? So, like, what I really like is Moto 3. So, like, I like how close they are. Like I seen a video uh, a few weeks ago where like the first 18 people are all in the group. And, like there's nothing else compared to that. Like in MotoGP, 
Yeah, maybe one or two riders up top, and they just run away from everybody. Moto two, kind of similar, but Moto three, that's far my favorite. I'll probably ride that. I'll probably ride the Honda in Moto three, and I don't know about a teammate. Probably, I really like Pedro Costa. Pedro Costa is a good, he's pretty fast. Uh, he's not. He's no longer doing Moto three, right? No, no, he, he's not doing Come down to come down to visit me. <laughs> right <laughs> to the paddock. Hi. So, uh, 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 baby Jeebus, that's what we call Pedro Acosta. Um, he's uh, man, when I first seen Pedro Moto three, started it was his very first race, if I remember, where he started from pit and then won the race. I was like, okay, this kid right here might have something, right? And then yeah. his progression has just been. And in this last recent test, I mean, he didn't look like a rookie. I mean, dude, his teammate Fernando, he's got to be seriously getting bricks right now. Ended up way dead last. Uh, you know, the timesheet's like two over two seconds off the pace. Yeah. yeah. You got a rookie that's just for come- Qatar. Yeah. Qatar? Yeah. I'm not up to speed yet. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, yeah. So, yeah. If you want to know, just ask me. I'll tell you. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, it's uh, yeah, it's. But anyway, man, it's racing's gonna be twenty twenty four in all series, right? So much movement, Moto, uh, Moto America, dude. British Superbikes, World Superbike. You know, you got Top Rack and Johnny Ray, and dude, all the movement in there. We got uh, my man Andre Anoni back, right? Which I'm so happy to see him back. Yeah. Um, I always Andre. I always uh, told everybody. Everybody looked at me like I was stupid. I was like, dude, if I was Ducati. I would have kept Iannone and not uh, Dovey. That's just me. That's my personal. I thought, and I still believe that, uh, the reason why I say that, Iannone had more of a natural talent for riding motorcycles than Dovey did. To me, Dovey seemed like he he worked harder at it, right? Where Andrea, he could, even if the setup wasn't right, he'd get out there and he was just blindingly fast right i mean just yeah, i think he was one of the first riders in moto two that won like by over 20 seconds which was like on a non-competitive bike i mean yeah and and then you heard stories about how he does stuff difference on but between like how he comes off the, the gas are he still on the gas while he's breaking at the same time you know yeah. linked over in the corner on the very edge of the tire doing those things simultaneously it's he's like nobody else does that right it's just it's uh yeah, yeah. he's uh to me, that's what I would have done. I would have said, bye-bye, Dovey. Um, especially after the headbutt, right? I mean, come on, a headbutt. Uh, the, the, the the flying seagull at Phillip Island was a proper mega, as my mates across the sea say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pat Sheridan says, uh, I just want to close it. Ducati with Pat Sheridan. There you go. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, Chris Lewis says, who is your favorite MotoGP rider? I've been... Like I've been a Mar Marquez fan forever. Even even last year when he wasn't performing the best, because how his circumstances were, I was still voting for him. Like you can ask everyone I would talk to about the MotoGP races, I would always vote on him to win, even though the odds weren't in his favor. So I'll probably say Mar Marquez right now. But it was it was uh, Jorge Lorenzo back then. 
I mean, Lorenzo was uh, he, he, and you know what's funny, man? Is you don't, you don't. There when Lorenzo retired, like he did a little YouTube channel on motorcycle. Like he actually did race reviews right on YouTube there for a little while, and then it's like he disappeared, right? And I'll never forget. And 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 I go back and I look at it to this day, right now as we're sitting and speaking, right now in 2024. Do you do you remember uh, 2011, uh, the Silverstone race, Andreas? Mm -hmm. Moto GP when Colin Edwards he broke his collarbone, right? But he was at the rider charity auction, right? And he gets up there on stage and he grabs the microphone and he says, I think Jorge Lorenzo is gay because you don't never see him with any women, bro. And I was like, Yes, let's go, right? This is so <laughs> awesome, dude. I miss Edwards. We need more people like him in the sport, but uh um and you go back, and I go back, and I think about it now. You still don't see in any videos he does. I'm not saying he is, but you don't see him with any videos with any girls. It's always guys all the time. He just did a, a video the other day, and he's what well, it's big in the Lambos, but whatever. Um, dude, Lorenzo on his day, he reminded me a lot of Stoner, um, it, because when it, everything was in his favor, he, there was nobody on the planet, not Valentino Rossi, not Mark Marquez, not Jeff Duke, not Mike Elwood, not Joey Dunlop, none of them guys that you could not touch him. Absolutely not. It was just his, his riding style to me was uh, one of the best out there too, as well. You know, he wasn't always hanging off there towards the end. He did. Right. But uh, real quick, this is why I think Rossi's the GOAT, right? This is why I say this. Uh, I'm not saying Mark Marquez is not some of the GOAT, but Rossi is the, the GOAT. Throughout all the career that Rossi raced, right, some may agree, some may disagree, uh, from 125 to his last race, right, all the times he had to change his riding style and adapt from bike to bike, year to year, electronics, electronics, wings, wings, right, all these differences, right? And at the very end of his career, he was still going faster than he's ever gone around any racetrack, right? Uh, but age and time take over, right? So, but in, in the way he elevated MotoGP, Andres, means, which means me and Andres can go on a boat with Isaac. We'd be down somewhere, who knows, uh, 10,000 miles across the world, wherever we are in, say, VR46. And I guarantee somebody there is going to be like Valentino Rossi, right? Versus you can go there and say – whatever from somebody else i'd be like i have no idea who you're talking about absolutely no idea right um so for for the way he brought more people into the sport and his career his the way he he celebrated and you know all that stuff what he did there's the goat absolutely hands down the goat man even to this day he shows up to a moto gp race it's like I think from a branding perspective, I think Valentino Rossi, it's a brand. And yeah. one that is recognized worldwide. Hey, I got something for you. If you were to ask me who should be Isaac's teammate for like a Moto3 or something like this, I would say David Alonso is like the, the kid that, that won the uh, rookie of the year yep. this past year. And I think, I think you know, Isaac shares a lot of, uh, you know, from what you can see from the outside anyway. I don't really know David Alonso, yeah. but a lot of similarities. As far as like riding style and, and the way he yeah. approaches everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, dude, I, you know, I, I, this year I will, uh, 
when I'm not at the race, because I'll be in Atlanta and in Jersey again, hanging out with you guys. But uh, I will uh, when I watch on. T- th- this is my issue, okay, with with any racing really on TV is is if you're not in the first three, four, five, man, you don't. I don't get to see. Yeah, you get no record. Some of my friends racing. I, I don't. I don't see it. Because they don't televise it, they don't show it, right? I think Moto America and everybody else could do a lot better job and give more recognition to the, 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 all the classes from dead last to first. And it wouldn't take hardly no more time. But again, our sports evolved around money and politics and TV times and advertisements and yada yada yada. But me personally, I think that would help the sport tremendously because. Sp- that sponsors would find more value in, yeah. Why should I give you ten thousand dollars when you're 12th place and you don't get no TV time? Why Why should I give you that, right? And and mm-hmm. I just think it would help everybody in the sport as an organization, sponsors, and everything. Uh, do, do you agree with that, Andreas? I think I think there is a very good incentive for everyone to, like, as far as you know, the sport goes, to capture the the battle at in the you know whoever is in the front group right and that that does in my opinion two things one it motivates people to actually be more competitive right because if you want to be able to bring value to a sponsor you want to be able to bring the value to sponsor and have the you know a lot of exposure time number two it's good to study for the up, uh, people that are coming into the sport or coming into the class, it's good to study what the winners are doing. So my, I do agree with you. I think everybody deserves their spot and a little bit of, of uh, camera time. That would be awesome. But given from the situation, I can only appreciate what is being done at the moment. And those are just my two takeaways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's it's I'm I'm not yeah it it's a double edged sword right it it really is yeah. when it when it comes to that but I just think that you know you guys and everybody else even Junior Cup Super Sport Twins Cup and all that deserve just whether it's three minutes one lap two laps that's not gonna hurt no TV time that's not gonna hurt anything right at least you get that little bit of coverage on national TV right on the Moto America mm-hmm. app or or YouTube or wherever it's at right you, you get that you know. Yeah. Um, I think got quite a lot last year. I know Isaac he did. Was, yeah, I know he was, did. He was there for a long time. I was yeah. even in a commercial. <laughs> yeah, one American commercial. In a commercial, in like a lot of the publicity stuff, which were like, yeah, look at that. That's awesome. Yeah. You know. It's good stuff. Yeah, well, because I remember me and him actually, we we jumped in the back of his trailer and did a little quick. Uh, live Facebook video of him and Cameron, which Cameron was watching earlier. I, I don't know if he still is. But yeah, man, listen, I, I'm excited. Uh, 2024 is going to be proper. Uh, gentlemen, thank you guys so much. What an honor it was. We're, we're almost an hour and 30 into this. I know you guys got stuff to do. I do too. But before we get off here, uh, I need you two to stay on with me after the podcast ends. But before we get off here, just for a few minutes, I need both of you guys to give all your social media shout outs. How can people follow you? Isaac, you need to get you a club, Club 27. Isaac to help you support you just like my man Juju did. So uh, that that concept comes for a lot of my um friends over there in the UK that race over there in BSB like my man Jake Marsh, you know, Club Forty Five. So you know, just it it, it helps. 
but yeah. something you should think about for sure. But go ahead and tell everybody how they can fi- uh, find you, follow you, support you. Do you have any merch for sale? Are you going to have any upcoming? Uh, I think we're going to have a, uh, a few shirts that we're going to be able to sell. We still have a little bit of shirts from last year that we could sell. But my Instagram is Isaac Woodworth underscore 27. And then my Facebook is Isaac Woodworth hashtag 27. So, and then I have a, a YouTube channel, but I haven't posted anything on there yet. Isaac Woodworth, Isaac Woodworth Racing. Nice. And, and so uh, your dad uh, put a thing up, said that you get to keep your same number this year. Yeah. I got to go back to the number 27. So, pretty high is- about that. What's the story behind the number 27? Why'd you choose that number? Well, I had it for baseball because I was a big Mike Trout fan. So it is carried over to racing. And uh, I was kind of sad that I couldn't have it last year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it, it, it explain to everybody, like, uh, Andres, uh, when, when you sign up for this season – do they issue you a number or do you put down what number you would like? And then if it's taken, they say, no, this is what you got to choose from. Mm-hmm. There's a preference uh, for people that have already been in the series and they get to choose. They get the first day, basically. Uh, and then, and then you know, whatever else is available, then you, you get to choose it. But um, I'm actually, you know, that's a better question probably for, for Curtis. He he will definitely tell you. But I think that's, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Like- I know. Uh, you can go, Andreas. I'll go after. Oh, go ahead. Good. So, like, whenever you sign up, there's like the there's like a gray, a gray slide form or whatever, a form, and it has all of the numbers like zero, like one through whatever. And like the people that did it last year, they have their number already reserved for this year, so you can pick whatever number you want. Or the same, like the same people that like say I I didn't do Junior Cup this year. But I did it last year. My number will still be reserved until I, I say otherwise. You know what I'm saying? And that's per class. So you can have, you know, a different number for Junior Cup and potentially a different number for Twins, twins or, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, good stuff. And how can they follow you? Did you guys have any social media for, for y'all team, like like a, a Instagram just on y'all's team? Or? In the works. In, in the, the works. works. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys heard it. It's it's in the works. So until then, follow Isaac, man, because he is phenomenal, super fast. And and listen, it, it's it's an honor in this lifetime, uh, uh, not only to be friends with you and uh, Isaac it, to meet you, but being the privilege to watch you grow and visualize all your dreams come true, right? And I hope you achieve the highest goal you have set in your mind, whether it's Moto Three, Moto GP become the first king not the president of the united states whatever that goal is bro i'm in your corner absolutely and support you 110 you already know that absolutely uh before we get off here i gotta give my quick shout out to a quick listen again as always everybody that listen that watches and supports the podcast i i, I get lost for words it thank you guys so much it means the, the world to me right big shout out to rd racing and jake marsh uh, in Club 45, if you guys haven't joined him yet, go and join him. He races in BSB GP2 class. They actually, Andreas, they they support Pin the Gas. Uh, I'm on their leather suits, their their BSB bikes, all their clothes. It's it's uh again, I I I get a little emotional talking about it because it's something I never 
dreamed of or fathomed in my whole entire life. I, I, absolutely, what an honor. But, yes, Club 45, Jake Marsh, RD Racing, BSB, let's go. Thank you guys so much. Big shout-out to Martin at the Clothing Kings where you can get all pin the gas merch, right? Uh, we got soft shell jackets, beanie hats, all that good stuff. You can go to clothingkings.co.uk and uh, – yeah, not only my merch and get uh, Luke Hedger. There's a bunch of my mates that the Clothing Kings actually make merch for. And it's really good stuff. It's yeah, right here on my. It, it's hard look, looking at the camera. I was yeah, it's right here on th this one. But uh, yeah, and listen, everybody, Chris Lewis, man, dude, Mike Cook, Jeff Shearn, Chef Eats again. Big shout out to Chef Eats. Big shout out to uh, Jillian Career and Michael and the whole SFL Mini GP. Uh, again, go sign up for Club 40. I think Jillian still got some slots left available. You guys need to hurry up and join. I did. I'm a member. So, yeah, help it. And my man Isaac, when he has a Club 27 coming out, you already know I'm going to join it. And yes, I need sir. everybody else watching to join it too, right? Uh, thank you guys so much. I appreciate all the love and support. If you have not yet, I don't never say this, but I need to start saying it. Go hit that like and subscribe bell. It's weird for me to say it. Uh and whether it's it's iHeartRadio, StreamYard, uh, podcast, or wherever, I'm on everywhere but Apple. Um, Chris, have just subscribed to your subscriber group. Thank you so much, Chris. Absolutely, thank you. Uh, again, listen, everybody, I love you guys like I always do. Boom. There it is. That's for everybody out there. Yes, let's go. <laughs> Listen, Andrea uh, Jarmelo, thank you so much for coming on again. It was an honor to meet you in Jersey. And uh, Isaac Woodworth, the future champion. Yes, sir. An honor, man. Thank you so much. Yes, and this episode will be out tomorrow on iHeartRadio, Spotify, all that good stuff. So, yeah, we will see you guys soon. Thank you guys so much. So what did you guys think? Did, did you guys have fun? <laughs>